Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Bismillah walhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala qala rabbi shahli sadri wa yassirli amri wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli Allahumma zidna ilma All praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends, and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of times. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. Welcome to each and every one of you to our second lesson of Riyadh al-Salihin. And bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, tonight we will be looking at the introduction of the book, the Muqaddimah, written by the author himself, Imam Abu Zakaria al-Nawawi rahimallahu ta'ala. And we will start bi-idhnillahi ta'ala with the first chapter of the book if there is enough time. And the author, he starts off and he says, Alhamdulillahi al-wahid al-qahhar, al-aziz al-ghaffar, mukawwiri layli ala al-nahar, tazkiratan li-uli al-qulubi wal-absar, watabu. رَتَنْ لِذَوِي الْأَلْبَابِ وَالْإِعْتِبَارِ أَلَّذِي أَيْقَضَ مِنْ خَلْقِهِ مَنْ اصْطَفَاهُ فَزَهَّدَهُمْ فِي هَذِهِ الدَّارِ وَشَغَلْهُمْ بِمُرَاقَبَتِهِ وَإِدَامَةِ الْأَفْكَارِ وَمُلَازَمَةِ الْإِتِّعَاضِ وَالْإِدِّكَارِ وَوَفَّقَهُمْ لَدَأْبِ فِي طَاعَتِهِ وَالتَّهُبِ لِدَارِ الْقَرَارِ وَالْحَذَرِ مِمَّا يُسْخِطُهُ وَيُوجِبُ دَارَ الْبَوَارِ وَمُحَافَظَةِ عَلَى ذَلِكَ مَعَ التَّغَايُرِ الْأَحْوَالِ وَالْأَطْوَارِ So the author praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this was the manhaj, this was the methodology of the ulama. This was the methodology of the Muslims. When they would write books, and a Muslim in general, when he makes dua, that the first part of يعني, his introduction to anything, or his dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here the author, Imam An-Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, All praise is due to Allah Azza wa Jal, the One and the Almighty, the powerful and the oft-forgiving. No one has more power than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one can forgive more than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the one that changes day from night as a reminder to the mindful and the intelligent. So someone that has intelligence, someone that is mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will know that it is Allah, that is the Almighty, that is the most powerful. He knows that it is Allah that is the forgiving, and he knows that it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that changes day from night and night from day. And this, as the author says, as a reminder to the mindful and the intelligent 
and by way of enlightening the people of understanding and reflection. And how many verses in the Quran does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not appeal to the intellect of mankind? Afala tatabarun, afala ta'kilun. Do you then not ponder? Do you not realize? Do you not use your aql, your common sense? And yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has enlightened the author to write and to appeal to the reader that thank Allah Azza wa Jal, praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he carries on and he says that ye Allah, it is ye who awakened those who he selected amongst his creatures, imbued in themselves restraint regarding the matters of this world. And got them busy with regular contemplation and sticking to the reminders and admonitions. Here the author, he says, and he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he selects amongst his servants, he chooses from the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those people that awaken themselves, by this deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they have self-restraint from matters of this dunya. Yes, they involve themselves in the dunya, in the world. But they don't go into so much depth in this world that they forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says that he's gotten a lot of the people. Or he's gotten them busy with regular contemplation and sticking to the reminders and the admonitions that comes in the book of Allah and from the prophetic teachings of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the author he carries on and he says, and he also favored them with steadfastness upon obedience to him, making provisions for the everlasting home. So Allah is the one that has favored us with steadfastness. Those that are obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this comes from Allah alone. And it is He, Allah azza wa jal, that makes provisions for the everlasting home and abstinence from whatever annoys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and whatever angers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that which angers and brings the wrath on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And consequence in earning a home of ruin. They would stick to that regardless of the changes in circumstances and times. The author then carries on and he says, Ahmaduhu ablagha hamdin wa askahu wa ashmalahu wa anmahu wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallahu albarru al-kareem al-raufu al-rahim وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ سَيَّدَنَا مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ وَحَبِيبُهُ وَخَلِيلُهُ الْهَادِ إِلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ وَالدَّاعِ إِلَى دِينِ قَوِيمٍ صَلَوَاتُ اللَّهِ وَسَلَامُهُ عَلَيْهِ وَعَلَى سَائِرِ النَّبِيِّينَ وَآلِ كُلٍّ وَسَائِرِ الصَّالِحِينَ the author carries on and he says that I most perfectly praise and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I venerate 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this should be our daily routine, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam. Praising Allah azza wa jal continuously. Thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continuously. Venerating Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continuously. And then he says, and likewise I testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. None has the right to be worshipped except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do not worship saints. We do not worship pious people. We do not worship inhabitants of the graves. We do not worship idols or cows. But we worship Allah azza wa jal. And to Him we dedicate all of our worship, whether it is our salah, whether it is our slaughtering of animals, our qurbani, our udhiya, whether it is our sawm, whether it is our dua, then it is all directed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to Allah alone. And He says that Allah is the beneficent and the most merciful, the compassionate and the most merciful. And he says that I also bear witness, and this is the second ingredient of the ulama of the past and of us in today's time as well. When we write a book or when we make dua after praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we send salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who azkaru bariya, khayru al-anbiya, the best of prophets. And the author, he says, and I also bear witness that Muhammad is, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is his servant and his messenger, his beloved and close friend, the guide to the straight path. My honorable brothers and sisters in Islam, there is no guidance better than the guidance of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the guidance that we have is the guidance of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the author says that the caller to the straight religion. There's no other way, there's no other methodology, there's no other manhaj that's going to bring us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala other than manhaj nubuwa other than the manhaj of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Anbiya before them. If you want your actions to be accepted, then follow that of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The author carries on and he says, May Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and all the other prophets, and the alukul, and the whole households, and the rest of the righteous. So we as well, when we make dua, when we write a book, when we appeal to Allah, we first call unto Allah azza wa jal. We praise Allah, we use His divine names and attributes. Then we call unto Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by praising him. Not by calling unto him, not by going through him, but by praising Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we send salutations unto the other anbiya that came before him. May Allah be pleased with all of them. And upon the family members, upon the al, upon the households, upon the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we praise all the salihun, all the righteous people. And then the author, he says, 
أما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون ما أريد منهم من رزق وما أريد أن يطعمون وهذا تصريح بأنهم خلقوا للعبادة فحق عليهم الاعتناء بما خلقوا له And the author says as what is to follow So now after praising Allah after sending salutations upon the prophets sallallahu alaihi wasallam and all the other anbiya of praising the companions praising the families and praising all the salihin he says as what is to be followed amma ba'd right, we always hear this in the jumma khutbah so what is to proceed after this he says that allah azza wa jal had said wa allah says in surah dhariyat verse number 56 and verse number 57 وَمَا خَلَقُتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ That I have not, meaning Allah has not created the jinn kind and the human beings except that they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the purpose of life. Many people they wonder and they ask themselves what is the purpose of life? Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala create me? And here's the answer. That we have not been created, we have not created you, O jinn kind. Yes, the jinn, they exist. And O human beings, you have not been created except that you must worship Allah Azza wa Jal. This is your purpose of life. To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ليوحدون, that you worship Him alone. That you don't ascribe partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And many people they understand. When we say do not ascribe partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And many people, they only understand this to be in the rububiyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as the series goes on, the ahadith that we will explain, we'll come on to these concepts more. But just to paint a picture or to make you realize what we are saying, is that people, they only see that there is shirk or ascribing partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his rububiyyah. So when you tell someone that everyone believes Allah is the Rabb, Allah is the sustainer, Allah is the nourisher, Allah is the cherisher, Allah is the one that gives us, Allah wakes us up in the morning, etc. Allah is the creator of the heavens and the earth. So when you speak to someone, they say that this is what is meant by shirk, that you, there's more than one Allah. This is only one understanding. This is only one part of the Tawheed. But... Tawheed yani al-ibadah or Tawheed uluhiyah. People can make shirk in this as well. So for example, what comes under this topic is dua for example. So somebody makes dua and he calls to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says madad ya Abdul Qadir Jilani. Or he calls, or he says madad ya Hussein, madad ya Ali. So that is a different form of shirk. Shirk in uluhiyah. 
So we understand you get shirk in rububiyyah, you get shirk in uluhiyyah, and you get shirk in asma and sifat as well. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his name and attribute. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has particular names, he has particular attributes. So someone, he comes and he likens this to a human being. وَنَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ So we need to also understand who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, and how to stay away from falling into the trap that shaitan has not just come to us in this generation, but to the past generations where he deceived the people of the book and he deceived the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, and seek not any provision from them, yani from themselves or from my creatures, nor do I ask that they should feed me. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yani huwa al-ghani wa nahnu fuqara. That know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is al-ghani. He is free of all of us. He does not need us as human beings. But we are those true poor ones. We are the ones that are in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The author then carries on and he says, and this is an explicit statement, showing that they were created for the purpose of worship. The author himself says that this is our purpose. The purpose of life is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, it is incumbent on them to focus attention on the purpose for which they were created. We were not created for play. Alhamdulillah, if you play, it's all good and well. But within the boundaries of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're not created just to be watching football or cricket. We're not just created to be having a fun time. These are all there in the parameters of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But once it takes you away from the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then know that is a problem. If someone can wake up in the morning at 4 o'clock and 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock, and they do not remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they do not make salatul fajr. But they can head off to work, they can head off to the gym, they can head off to run, to do all types of other activities. But they have not praised and they have not thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They have not made salatul fajr. Come in the afternoon, they do not make salatul dhuhr on time. They do not make salatul asr. Do not make Maghrib, they do not make Isha. Then unfortunately, no matter how well off you are in this dunya, no matter how good life is going for you, you have missed the purpose of life. Because you have not worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this obviously brings us to the next concept, and this is the concept of But why must you judge me? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself, he makes certain judgments in the Quran. 
The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for example, he would say, if someone does not do this, this is what will happen. This is a judgment. So yes, we look at the act of a person. We look that if someone is doing something wrong, then we need to speak to them. We need to speak about it. It is not that there is hatred, but rather it is the opposite effect. That the du'at and the scholars of this deen, their teachings, their classes, their preaching, is because of the love that they have for their brothers and sisters in humanity and especially in Islam. And Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. The author carries on and he says, وَالْإِعْرَادُ عَنْ حُذُوذِ الدُّنْيَا بِالزَّهَادَةِ فَإِنَّهَا دَارُ نَفَادٍ لَا مَحَلُّ إِخْلَادٍ وَمَرْكَبُ عُبُورٍ لَا مَنْزِلُ حُبُورٍ وَمَشْرَعُ إِنْفِصَامٍ لَا مَوْطِنُ دَوَامٍ فَلِهَذَا كَانَ الْأَيْقَذُ مِنْ أَهْلِهَا هُمُ الْعُبَّادِ وَعْقَلُ النَّاسِ فِيهَا هُمُ الزُّهَادِ The author carries on and he says and hold back from the glittering of this world through self-restraint because it is a home of transition. It is not eternity. So he says that this world, he explains to us that this world is a world of glitter and glamour. Beautiful homes, beautiful cars. Look at the beauty of the world. But never let this enter your heart. Never let this beauty of the world and the glitter and the glamour cause you not to remember Allah Azza wa Jal. Because the author then he says, Proverly this is just but a home of transition. It is a movement from one place to the year after. This is not eternity. He says this is a ride, a cross, rather than a place of delight. This is just a place of temporary. We will be living here for a while and then we will move. This is a temporary path, as he says, and never a permanent destination. Every soul shall taste death. For this reason, the author, he says, and for this reason, the mindful amongst its people are the ones that worship Allah Azza wa Jal. And the most sensible of people in it are those that are self-disciplined. We are going to be intrigued by this dunya. This dunya is going to try and pull us out. Someone is married. It's going to come look at the opposite spouse. Look how beautiful they are. Go speak to them. Having some problems at home? In the workplace? Why don't you speak to the opposite gender? Things might be better. This is how shaitan works. This is how this dunya, it brings us in. It ropes us in. It pulls us in. And we should be self-disciplined. You know, mashallah, sometimes we find people they are self-disciplined in everything. Like clockwork. Work starts at 8 by 7 o'clock is up. Out of the house is at work before 8 o'clock. Comes into the office. Coffee is made. List, <coughs> laptop is put properly. Everything is done to the T. 
Same thing with his cupboard at home. Everything is packed nicely. So like this, everyone is disciplined. So why not use this discipline for the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal? Stay out of sin. Stay away from sin. Yes, we are going to sin. We are the children of Adam, as the Prophet said. That all the children of Adam, they are sinners. But the best of them are those that repent to Allah. But let us be in continuous repentance. And let us seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The author then brings another verse and he says, قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى إِنَّمَا مَثَلُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا كَمَا إِنْ أَنزَلْنَاهُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ فَاخْتَلَطَ بِهِ نَبَاتُ الْأَرْضِ مِمَّا يَأْكُلُ النَّاسُ وَالْأَنْعَامُ حَتَّى إِذَا أَخَذَتِ الْأَرْضُ زُخْرُ فَهَا وَزَّيَّنَتْ وَظَنَّ أَهْلُهَا أَنَّهُمْ قَادِرُونَ عَلَيْهَا أَتَاهَا أَمْرُنَا لَيْلًا أَوْ نَهَارًا فَجَعَلْنَاهَا حَصِيدًا كَأَنْ لَمْ تَغْنَ بِالْأَمْسِ كَذَلِكَ نُفَصِّلُ الْآيَاتِ لِقَوْمِ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ This is in Surah Yunus, verse number 24. وَالْآيَاتِ فِي هَذَا الْمَعْنَى كَثِيرَةٌ And the author says, and Okay, let's first translate this. Allah Azza wa Jal says that indeed and verily, the likeliness of this worldly life is as the water rain which we send down from the sky. This rain that we see, the water that comes down, it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So by it arises the intermingled produce of the earth of which men and cattle eat until when the earth is clad with its adornments and it is beautified. And the people think that they have all the powers of disposal over it. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says that when we send down rain, then what happens? It falls down on the soil. We get produce. And from this produce, human beings can eat, cattle can eat. And then the earth it shows off its adornments and its beautification. And the people, they think that they have all the powers of disposal over it. And Allah commands, reaches it by night or by day and we make it like a clean mown harvest. As if it had no, not flourished yesterday. Thus we do explain the ayat. And here ayat يعني, is not just about verses. But it is the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The lessons, yani the ayat. You take a walk on the mountain. You look at the beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. These are lessons. These are evidences. These are signs from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In detail for people who reflect. Again, I spoke about this earlier. For people who reflect on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the author he says, And there are many verses like this in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The author then, he brings a poem and he says, Inna lillahi ibadan futana tallaku dunya wa khaful fitana. He says that Allah certainly, has conscious slaves, servants who held back from this world fearing trials. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are servants. 
that are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have taqwa. And they are held back, they hold themselves back, fearing the trials of this dunya. نَظَرُوا فِيهَا فَلَمَّا عَلِمُوا أَنَّهَا لَيْسَتْ لَحَيٍّ وَطَنًا And they contemplated it. They contemplated on this world. They contemplate of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when they realize that it is not a permanent home for living, so when they realize that this world is nothing for them, when they realize that this is only a place of transition, that they considered it a verse and they took good deeds in it as its ships. The author then says, فَإِذَا كَانَ حَالُهَا مَا وَصَفْتُهُ وَحَالُنَا وَمَا خلقنا له ما قدمته فحق على المكلف أن يذهب بنفسه مذهب الأخيار ويسلك مسلك أولنها والأبصار ويتأهب لما لمش أفوا لما أشرت إليه وَيَهْتَمَّ لِمَا نَبَّهْتُ عَلَيْهِ وَأَصْوَبُ طَرِيقٍ لَهُ فِي ذَلِكِ وَأَرْشَدُ مَا يَسْلُكُهُ مِنَ الْمَسَالِكِ تَأَدُّبُ بِمَا صَحَّ عَنْ نَبِيِّنَا سَيِّدِ الْأَوَّلِينَ وَالْآخِرِينَ The author then says that if it is a true condition if the condition is true, that what I have described and our circumstances and the purpose of our creation is as I have cited, then it is incumbent upon the legal responsible, yani the person that is mukallaf, to direct his mind to follow the lines of conduct of the selected and take the path of the people of sound intellect. Follow the path of those that came before you, of the Salafus Salih, of the righteous people, of the ulama of the past. If you want success in this world and you want success in the year after, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, then follow the way of Nubuwa, follow the way of prophecy. And deep contemplation that ye should prepare for what I have pointed to and be cautious of what I have warned against. And the best way for him, as I mentioned, see what the author then says, the best way for him on that and the most rightly guided path is being respectful of what is authentically reported from our Prophet, the leader and the noblest of the first and the last. Everyone wants success. Everyone wants to enter Jannah. So Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says that the commodity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is expensive. And know that this commodity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Jannah. Jannah is not easy. You need to work for, to get to Jannah. Just use these examples as to make things easier for our understanding. Someone wants to memorize the Quran. But he doesn't open the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He doesn't sit down. 
He doesn't make an effort to memorize Surah Fatiha, to memorize Surah Baqarah, but he wants to be a Hafiz. Someone wants to get high marks in the exam, but he doesn't study, he plays his PlayStation all day. Or she goes out with her friends. But come the exam day, when the results comes out, they expect to get high marks. Does not work like that. And like this, with the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you want to enter Jannah, but we don't follow the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. My opinion is better than that of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He came over 1400 years ago. What do they know? Yes, he told us to do a certain adhkar, but why can't I do extra? He told us to do certain things, but my imam, my sheikh, my peer, my hazrat, he says, no, do this. And the author, subhanallah, he says that the best way for him on that and the most rightly guided path is being respectful of what is authentically reported from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The author then carries on and he says, وَأَكْرَمِ السَّابِقِينَ وَاللَّاحِقِينَ صَلَوَاتُ اللَّهِ وَسَلَامُهُ عَلَيْهِ وَعَلَى سَائِرِ النَّبِيِّينَ وَقَدْ قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى وَقَدْ صَحَّ عَنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ أَنَّهُ قَالْ وَاللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ فِي عُونِ الْعَبْدِ مَا كَانَ الْعَبْدُ فِي عُونِ أَخِي And he says, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and upon the rest of the prophets. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى And help one another in al-bir and taqwa. And the rest of the verse says, وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْإِثْمِ وَلَا وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى وَلَا تَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْإِثْمِ وَالْعُدَوَانِ That help one another with good, with beer and taqwa, with virtue, with righteous, and bringing each other closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But do not help one another with sin and wrongdoings. Today we find, especially amongst our youth, that they will call one another to do all things that are contrary to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But once he realizes that this is wrong and he comes onto the straight path, she comes onto the straight path, then they tend to be shy to call their friends. So they're out for the day, for example. And it is time for dhuwar. Maybe they will find a place on their own to make salah. Why not call your friends to join? When they were involved in all types of evil and wrong, then it would take days of planning. The night before they would plan, we're going to do this, we're going to buy this, we're going to go here, we're going to do that. So why is it when it comes to the deen of Allah, go fetch your friends, take them to a class, send them Islamic literature, send them Islamic lectures, speak good to them. And this obviously is not just aimed at the youth, but for people old as well. Those friends that we had when times were going well, when we enjoyed life. 
disobedience of Allah things were fine we called people to this but once we realized the truth and we changed our lives and we made tawbah now it is as if we are shy no leave them they will come one day invite them to the khair invite them to the good call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he reported and he says that Allah will come to the aid of the servant as the servant helps his brother. You want Allah's nusra? You want Allah's help? Then help your brothers. Help your sisters. If you want the help of Allah to come, then help other people and Allah will help you. وَأَنَّهُ قَالْ مَنْ دَلَّ عَلَى خَيْرٍ فَلَهُ مِثْلُ أَجْرٍ فَاعِلِهِ وَأَنَّهُ قَالْ مَنْ دَعَى إِلَى هُدًا كَانَ لَهُ مِنَ الْأَجْرِ مِثْلُ أُجُورٍ مَنْ تَبِعَهُ لَا يَنْكُسُ ذَلِكَ مِنْ أُجُورِهِمْ شَيْئًا The Prophet sallallahu he also says that whosoever guides towards any good deed will have the reward of the one who does it. Subhanallah. Life has become so easy nowadays. We are on Facebook, we are on social media, right? Twitter, Instagram, WhatsApp. It doesn't cost you anything. MashaAllah, there's a beautiful class promoting the Quran and Sunnah. Share the poster. Share the recordings. You don't know who will listen to it? You don't know who might accept hidayah from this. You might don't know who Allah will guide through your putting up of a poster, you sharing a lecture. And what does the Prophet say? He says that he who guides towards any good deed will have the reward of the one who does it. Imagine someone, he does not make salah. And you all you did, you share the ayah. Allah says, Waqimu salah. And he establish salah and he starts making salah. Imagine for every salah that he makes the reward that you get. You send an Islamic lecture, for example, on the riba. And the person immediately stops dealing in riba. The reward is with you as well, subhanAllah. Look at the next hadith. The Prophet وسلم, he says that whosoever invites to the guidance will have the like of the rewards of those who follow it. And that will not reduce anything from their rewards. Allahu Akbar. Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not a merciful Lord? Look at what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he says. That if you invite someone to good, to guidance, and you help them along the way, and they carry on with that good, And the rewards of this, they follow it. What happens to you? You get that same reward without reducing anything from them. And here I would like to appeal to parents, especially our young parents. Teach your children to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. Teach your children certain short surah of the Quran. Because that salah that they will be making, they will be reciting Surah Al-Fatiha 17 times a day just in the fat. Imagine, why leave that for the madrasa teacher? Obviously it's a reward for us, alhamdulillah, we will accept it. But why let someone else teach your child? You should be the one teaching your child 
Surah Al-Fatiha. You should be the one teaching your child Tawheed. Yes, they can obviously go learn further, no doubt. But the basics of Islam, teach them how to make Salah. Teach them about the month of Ramadan. So this is rewards for you and ongoing rewards. And the flip side of the coin, never ever should we also as an ummah take lightly when we teach someone Surah Fatiha or we teach someone how to recite the Quran or you teach someone Alif Bata. Whatever this person does for the rest of his life in the obedience of Allah and you are a sabab, you are a means of this as the Prophet said, then you will get that same reward not reducing anything from them. وَأَنَّهُ قَالَ لِعَلِي رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ فَوَاللَّهِ لَأَنْ يَهْدِيَ اللَّهُ بِكَ رَجُلًا وَاحِدًا خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنْ حُمُرِ النَّعْمِ And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says to Ali radiyallahu anhu, he says, oh Ali, he says, ya Ali, that by Allah, he takes a qasim, that Allah, if Allah were to guide a single person through you, then it is better for you than the red camel. Someone embraces Islam through you. Someone comes onto the straight path through you. Someone makes salah because of you. Then what happens? This is better for you than a red camel. And in those years, the red camels, they were the best of camels. Maybe like a Ferrari today, a Lamborghini. The best of cars in today's time. So imagine. If you guide someone to the truth. You help someone come back onto the path. So what happens? This is better than all the things. All the glamour of this dunya. The best cars, the best houses. Better than all of that. So you get Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's reward. And we've seen the hadith previously to this. The author then says, فَرَأَيْتُ أَنْ أَجْمَعَ مُخْتَصَرًا مِنَ الْأَحَادِيثِ الصَّحِيحَةِ So now he is done with explaining to us and thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and encouraging us to do good. Now he says that hence I have considered, this is now the purpose of the book, فَرَأَيْتُ أَنْ أَجْمَعَ مُخْتَصَرًا مِنَ الْأَحَادِيثِ الصَّحِيحَةِ مُشْتَمِلًا عَلَى مَا يَكُونُ طَرِيقًا he says that hence I have considered it appropriate to compile a summary of authentic narrations which will encompass what makes the path to the year after for whoever follows it. So he's compiled a hadith that hopefully it will help us to get to the year after and to be of those that will enter Jannah. وَمُحَصِّلًا لِآدَابِهِ بَاطِنَةً وَظَاهِرًا And also it will include its inward and outward manners. جَامِعًا لِتَرْغِيبِ وَتَرْهِيبِ Consisting of narrations of encouragement and warnings. So in this book, Riyadu Salihin, Gardens of the Righteous, we will find a hadith that the author has brought that it affects our inner self, it affects the heart. Wallahiri and the outer appearances, maybe like making salah, fasting, etc. And also it consists of narrations of encouragement 
and narrations of warning. This is important. That sometimes we live in a society, we live in a community, where a certain part of the community says that no, you must only talk about love. You must only talk about good. And why must you talk about Jahannam? But here the author himself, he says that you find a hadith of encouragement and of warning. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as Allah describes in the Quran, إِنَّا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ شَاهِدًا وَمُبَشِّرًا وَنَذِيرًا That indeed we are sent to you as a witness. مُبَشِّرًا وَنَذِيرًا Someone that gives glad tidings, so he will tell you about Jannah. And وَنَذِيرًا Someone that will warn you. If the community has done something wrong, you will find a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ, where he warned his companions to not do this. Stay away from this. If you do this, this might happen. And this is why Islam is a religion of balance. We do not go into one extreme of just overpraise, of just speaking about Jannah, Jannah, Jannah all the time, speaking about love, 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 love. Or we do not go to the other extreme of just speaking about that Allah will punish you if you don't do this, Allah will do this if you don't do that. And yes, our da'wah is a da'wah of balance. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us. And he says, وَسَائِرْ أَنْوَعَ salikin And other manners of those upon the path of righteous. And he says, and from وَمِنْ أَحَادِيثِ zuhd, And from the narrations, it is regarding zuhd, ascetism, وَرِيَادُ nufus, And heart-related acts of worship, وَتَحْذِيبُ الْأَخْلَاقِ and moral rectification. And soul purification. And its medicine or its cures. So what happens? The ilaj. He's going to give us the problems and he's going to give us the ilaj. He's going to give us the cure. And protecting the limbs and removing its shortcomings and many other chapters or other ahadith among the goals of those who truly know the Lord Azza wa Jal. مِنَ الْوَاضِحَاتِ مُضَافًا إِلَى الْكُتُبِ الصَّحِيحَةِ الْمَشْهُورَاتِ وَأُصَدِّرُ الْأَبْوَابِ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ بِآيَاتٍ كَرِيمَاتِ وَأُشِحَّ مَا يَحْتَاجُ إِلَى ضَبْدٍ أَوْ شَرْحِ مَعْنًا خَفِيٍّ بِنَفَائِسَ مِنَ التَّنْبِيهَاتِ وَإِذَا قُلْتُ فِي آخِرِ حَدِيثِ مُتَّفَكٌ عَلَيْهِ وَمُتَّفَكٌ عَلَيْهِ فَمَعْنَاهُ رَوَاهُ بُخَارِيُّ وَمُسْلِمٌ He says, and in this book I will stick to mentioning only clear, authentic ahadith, reference to the popular, reliable books. I will also precede the narration. So now the author, alhamdulillah, is teaching us how he set up his book. 
I will also precede the narrations in the chapters with verses of the Noble Qur'an and give brief notes about whatever requires outright spelling out of the vowels of the alphabet taking one explanation of some of the meanings with highly beneficial annotations. And if I say at the end of the hadith muttafaqun alayh then that means it is reported by Imam al-Bukhari and Muslim. And this is why it is important that any book that one reads, and this especially yani, for the students of knowledge as well, for those that when you read a book, it is always important to read the muqaddima, to read the introduction, because, for example, the author, he will explain like he explains here. This is my setup of the book. And, for example, when you come across something, and here it is a hadith, and I write, muttafaqun alayh, then you must know that this hadith is found in Bukhari and Muslim. And like that, many authors in many of their books, they would explain in the muqaddimah, if I, for example, write something, or there's a abbreviation for something, then most probably go check in the introduction, because he would explain what it means, and Allah knows best. وَأَرْجُو this is the last paragraph of the Muqaddimah. وَأَرْجُوا إِنْ تَمَّ هَذَا الْكِتَابُ أَنْ يَكُونَ سَائِقًا لِلْمُعْتَنِي بِهِ إِلَى الْخَيْرَاتِ حَاجِزًا لَهُ عَنْ أَنْوَاعِ الْقَبَائِحِ وَالْمُهْلِكَاتِ وَأَنَا سَائِلٌ أَخًا أَنْ تَفَعَ بِشَيْءٍ مِنْهُ أَنْ يَدْعُوَ لِي وَلِوَالِدَيَّ وَمَشَايِهِ وَسَائِرِ أحبابنا والمسلمين أجمعين وعلى الله الكريم اعتمادي وإليه تفويضي واستنادي وحسبي الله ونعم الوكيل ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله, إلا بالله العزيز الحكيم The author says and I aspire if this book is completed that it offers guidance to whomsoever pays attention to it towards tremendous good and protects him from various forms of shameful and destructive deeds. I implore any brother who finds benefit of any form in it to supplicate for me. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept the efforts of the author, like I mentioned last week. Riyadh uh, Salihin, this book, and you won't find a masjid in the world, but that it has a copy of Riyadh al-Salihin or a copy of Arba'in al-Nawawiyah. And this is something important, not only for this author, but also for our teachers in general. That if you read a book, make dua for the author. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he's taught you Islam, he's taught you the deen. So you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive him, to accept him. If there are any shortcomings and you will find this. There is no book. Someone has written but that you might not agree with something, there might be some form of error etc. But Allah, as Allah says, that the good it outweighs the bad. So always supplicate for your teachers, always supplicate for an author if you are reading a book. And he says, and dua for my parents. Because if it wasn't for the parents' upbringing of the person or of the child, 
and the person went on to study the deen, went on to become a teacher of deen. If it was not for that parents and their support, whether it was a financial support, whether it was du'as, whether it was sacrificing them for the deen, then this person, this sheikh, this da'i, he would never have been there. So make du'a for their parents as well. Make du'a for the teachers. If it wasn't for that teacher's sacrifice. And subhanallah, always look at I always look at a hifz teacher, someone that teaches Quran, day in and day out, it's listening to the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's one part. Yes, he gets the reward, etc. But that sacrifice that he makes, sitting every single day from after Fajr until whatever time the school ends, and he's listening to the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Youngster comes in, he reads, he rectifies him, he goes back, he comes back. Sometimes he makes the same mistake the next day. Sometimes this mistake carries on. And yet he sits there and all he does, he listens to the book of Allah. He corrects him. These are the ulama, these are the teachers. All those teachers, they teach the same books year in and year out. And they are not only, they do not only become our teachers. I look at the like I look at our mashayikh, I look at the ulama in Medina. They were father figures to us. They did not only teach us book knowledge, but they taught us life. And up until today, whether you graduated five years ago, whether you studied with a particular sheikh or maulana 10, 15, 20 years ago, you still remember certain qualities on them. And this is what a teacher should be. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those as well. So he says, and make dua for the teachers. And make dua for those who love us and the entire Muslim ummah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept. And then he says, and in Allah the bound, yes, is my reliance. He says that my tawakkul is with Allah. I don't rely on anyone else besides Allah azza wa jal. And to him, I entrust my affairs. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَأُفَوِّدُ أَمْرِ إِلَى اللَّهِ And to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I entrust my affairs. Things are going to be difficult. Things are tough. But I put my trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And my affairs in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And my hope is also with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And know that Allah is sufficient for me. That if I don't have Allah, I have nothing. If I have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I have everything. فَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًا فَهَدَى As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Duha that I found you. فَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًا that you were astray. فَهَدَى and I guided you. So many of the ulama, the mufassirun, they explain. This does not mean it is referred to Muhammad and to us as an ummah. This does not mean that you were astray. This does not mean that you weren't Muslim. This does not mean that you never followed the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you never had knowledge. And we guided you, we gave you knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he taught Muhammad the Quran. It was revealed to him. And like us, certain time we never had knowledge. But as time went on, our knowledge increased. If you take someone, for example, he went to school, he went to Islamic University, went to Halakat, he maybe even knew certain things, but as time went on, his knowledge increased. 
and know that this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen for us and know that this is that Allah is sufficient for us and he is the best of those to trust and hope in my honorable brothers and sisters in Islam you are going to find right, you are going to find that people they will help you today you trust them today you have certain hopes in them and tomorrow they turn tomorrow they not your friend anymore tomorrow they can't assist you but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always there he's waiting for us he needs us in the sense of that he wants us to come back to him he wants us to make dua so why not turn to Allah and then the author he ends and he says there is no might or no power except by him never think that the superpowers are great never think that ah look at this person he's so powerful etc know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is no might and no power except by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the mighty the wise and my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam that this was the muqaddimah of Riyadu Salihin and next week bi'idhnillahi ta'ala we'll start with the first chapter and alhamdulillah there was a lot of benefits in this muqaddimah there was a lot of fawaid in this muqaddimah and we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he accepts from us we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his divine names and attributes that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives our shortcomings subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh